Good evening, one and all. Welcome along into season three, episode 135. It's a victory polo Tuesday for us all here at the UK Cowboys. How are we all getting on? Fantastic. Fantastic. I sound, I sound a wee bit dead in the manner of Cena. What I meant to say is, who built them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have that. Nice to have that that victory, you know, that victory Monday. Like Paul a couple of weeks ago, kind of flicking a bit back and forth. Leeds are in the cup tonight, so it's like, yeah. One eye on one and one eye on another. I mean, who says a man can't multitask? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, we'll not discuss your choice of team, Jamie. And it's a good job oh. that we can't see the, the the badge on your on your jersey. <laughs> <laughs> RJ's gonna have we, a word we, with you. RJ's gonna have a word with you, my man. We do. We, we do apologise for Jamie's choice in football teams. You know, at least, at least Cowboys. We know we sorted with that. Graham, how are things? Much better than they were last week. Feeling, <laughs> feeling five hundred. Yeah, it's nice, it's nice to see G with. Um, not that he doesn't normally like, but it's nice to see him with a, f- a bit optimistic with that comment there. He's, <laughs> yeah, it's the start of a new yeah. season and a new G. <laughs> <laughs> Never underestimate the power of Dak Prescott. <laughs> be, be, before we go any further, the um, the really great news uh, after after the victory on uh, Sunday night, and Paul is containing himself. The news that broke yesterday. Paul, would you like to say something? <laughs> The US travel ban is getting lifted for well, obviously if you're if you're vaccinated, it's perfectly fine. But the fact is, I'm gonna be in Dallas in November. I'm gonna be at the Broncos game, so oh yeah. <laughs> I am needless to say, I am absolutely fucking the buzzing right now. Oh anyway. Run for the hour and a half around Paul's delight. Uh, I was literally doing fucking cartwheels yesterday. I am not joking. <laughs> yeah, the, to be fair, that the, the message I, in the um, in the admin group was a little bit funny. It was just like, "Boys, I'm fucking off." <laughs> literally, I, I, I literally did not want to believe it at first until I saw BBC News posted it, CNN posted it, and all all the other news outlets were saying that the uh, President Biden has now lifted the, uh, the travel ban for vaccinated uh, UK citizens and EU citizens. So by November, so. I'm gonna. I'm traveling out in the third of November. I'm gonna be in Denver. I know Denver. I'm gonna be at the Denver uh, Denver Broncos game at AT and T Stadium. And if I can make it to any other game after that, fantastic. I am gone. Full kilt, full blowing shebang. I'm bringing all the butt fast in the world. I am gone. Absolutely tonto when it comes to when I get to Texas. So, <laughs> so would, would would you like to give us the, the shout out, Paul? Oh, of course, of course. Guys, if you are planning going to a Dallas Cowboys game this year, be sure to go and contact Cowboys Experience for the ultimate meet and greet, tailgating and game day package experience. Because like myself and Jamie, we've used Cowboys Experience before. They treat you like absolute royalty, make you feel comfortable, get to meet some former Dallas Cowboy players, former cheerleaders. And guys, be sure to take this opportunity and use this discount code UK Cowboys because, guys, what happens if you use the discount code? 
I'm not saying. <laughs> you get you get free stuff. And you also get chocolate pudding with that. So guys, so so guys, be sure that be sure to go to uh, carevoiceexperience.com and contact Barry Griffiths. Be sure to go and contact him. You will not regret it, folks. Absolutely. Make sure you do that. So um as we as we always say, folks, you know, make sure interact with us here on the show. Let oh. us know where you're listening in from. Rika, I think you might be it's the first time I've come across you, so let us know where you're coming in from. Let us know where you're watching from. Comment, yeah. interact with us, otherwise yeah. we're just yeah, we, we, we know Rika. She, she works closely with Brandon and Marcus. So, uh, I think so shout out to Rika. How you doing? Nice to see you again. Yeah, brilliant. Drop us your questions. Drop us your thoughts. Let us know what you all thought of the victory at the weekend. Um 2017 victory at SoFi Stadium over the Los Angeles Chargers. We are now one and one and joint first in the NFC East. How does that feel? I just like the fact that the uh, Graham's comment to the UK Eagles fans was absolutely top notch. So, if anyone that doesn't know, um, I'm the in a way, apologies. Well, actually, not really an apology. No. To you, you, like, but you guys had it coming. You had it coming. Like, <laughs> like, don't talk the talk before you walk the walk. All right. No, G. Don't you think though? G's getting this um, this kind of persona about him. I think I've been thinking about this last few weeks. He's like a little silent assassin. And he sits there all nicely, nicely on the podcast, and then. <laughs> Right in there with a comment like that, it's like, who the hell is this guy? Where's he been? <laughs> That's the thing, like, during our private chat, like, Graham is like, ah, guys, I've got the ultimate death from Will Arthur. Like, oh, it's like, oh, God, we knew it. We knew it was going to be good. I'm not going to lie. When I saw it, I literally, I had tears running down my face. It, it was just, it was like, it was a picture of someone, it just like, <laughs> and if, any, if anybody anybody hasn't seen it head over to head over the, to the twitter page and just look yeah. for the comments where i think it was the back end last week when it's someone's commented and um, to the eagles um and then g just g just dropped a mic on it g would you like to, would you like to discuss well so basically i i can i can rag on my team but nobody else can you know, if I if I see someone if I see someone take on the cowboys, I'll defend them to the hill. I can I can I can get frustrated with them, but nobody else can. Um, yeah, I just uh, Eagles Eagles and Irish UK uh, UK and Irish Eagles just uh, got a little bit wide, shall we say? Um, that they they uh, they managed to take care of the Falcons, and we ran the the Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers to a two-minute offense, and they just got a little bit wide, so I thought I'd put them back in their cage for a bit. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, the moral of the story, folks, don't pee off, G. <laughs> oh, just don't chat shit until you can back it up. Yeah, don't yeah. chat shit, chat shit, get banged. Yes. I mean, I, I, I think, I think we discussed this amongst ourselves that the se the seven of us in the admin group 
would probably beat the Atlanta Falcons right now, playing both it, ways. I, so I, I think any team, all over thirty-one teams, could easily beat the the Falcons right now. To be honest, yeah. But getting into the bones of the show, so bringing up our. So our new news and updates. So our injury updates and the, the main one concerned Amari Cooper. So he does have a rib injury and there hasn't been an update on that. He took a pretty big hit towards the end of the game. Um, but it doesn't seem like it will affect him long term. So he should be should be free to play on Sunday. Apart from that, I don't think we've seen any other injuries from um, any other sources, have we? I don't think so. No, the, 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 it's not. It's not Cowboys related. But um, the only other weird one I kind of saw. Um, apparently, Carson Wentz is going to be out this week because he's sprained both ankles. How on earth do you sprain both ankles? <laughs> like it's, 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 it's Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's just it's so strange. It's like it's like the the the, the guy just can't break get any luck, can he? It's just. But when I read it, I was like, "Do you know when you have to do a double take?" And I was like, "What? He's, he's sprained both ankles in the game." It's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, weird one. But... Non, non, non cowboys things there, but sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and apart from that, like I know, I know the Cowboys were back late uh, Sunday night. So I think yesterday was just deemed a rest day. There's very little news coming out today so far. Um, I'd say they will be fairly limited in practice, especially with it being uh, a game on Monday night this week. So they're probably on their Sunday schedule right now and building up to playing on Monday night. Um, so hopefully by the time the, the guys have the show on Thursday night, there will be a bit more news. We'll, have, we'll be able to give you a bit more updates in terms of the injuries and um, any updates, hopefully. We might have Randy Gregory back from the COVID list and he will be able to slot back in. Um, one point I did want to bring up with you guys, and I know Graham, Graham will be happy to hear this one, um, or slightly unhappy to hear it. Um, Lyle Collins um, and the five-game suspension. I think this kind of broke on Friday time. I might Maybe I'm slightly out, but... Some of the tests that he missed, and it looks like Goodell has screwed us again. Yeah. So if anyone uh, would like to address a, it, it's a fucking. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's a fucking joke. It's an absolute fucking joke. Yeah. We, I'm so, we, I'm so, we, I'm so we, we? we had a good rant about it, didn't we? Like it's oh, just yeah. Like yeah. it's the re you know what I mean? It's it's the reasons like. He, he was offered like he had to go and see therapy, like therapy or, or something like that. Or I, I, I can't remember the, the reasons at the top of my head, but there were all legitimate reasons why he would have missed a test. Yeah, you know what, what I mean. What, I mean, what's I the, I mean here's the thing: what, what is the matter of rescheduling it? Like that's what I don't understand. How can the NFL not just say, "Okay, we may miss you that way. We'll get you tomorrow," type of thing? Like, 
surely the, 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 there's been a lack of, the, the, I don't know where the lack of communication's been from, if it's been between the NFL and the Cowboys or whoever the, the doping agency of the NFL is, it's going by to see these players, I have no idea, but either way, the, the suspension as a whole stinks. It absolutely freaking stinks. Did, did I read somewhere right as well that one of the missed tests was due to, um, I don't know if it was family or friends, some kind of bereavement or there was some issue, yeah. somebody wasn't well. Now, that's like I say, I mean, it's bullshit anyway, it's possible, but that's just, I mean, if there's a bereavement or someone's ill, I mean, that's just taking the piss. It's like, come on, it's like, yeah. you, you want these people to be, Sorry, you want the you want these players and coaches to be kind of pit of uh, good role models to everybody, but then you, you you're finding them for for being a good friend or a good family member. For I mean, it's just like I said, Bedell's just a piss taker, isn't he? Yeah, honestly, it it goes back to the whole Zeke situation. The amount of the the trouble that I know it's different circumstances. It's nothing to do with drug testing. It was all to do with. Um, allegations and stuff like that but even still even though Zeke was not guilty he still got hit with the bloody ban mm. right and I keep going back to this point is like you've got a player like Deshaun Watson right now who mm -hmm. has over 30 I think over 30 allegations of the same thing right mm -hmm. and nothing ha nothing has been done regards to fining or suspension towards Deshaun Watson right now. It is an absolute joke. It really is. Yeah, the yeah. league needs to be careful with this one because, um, you know, they, they handed out the suspension to Zeke simply because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong, the wrong situation. No, Like we said before, no police charges were filed uh, and he was free to go after questioning. Um, I mean... If, if, if you run down the list uh, of the missed opportunities, one was because Marcus Paul died, extremely right. forgivable. The other one yeah. was, as Jay said, he needed to go and get help with the family. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, did the league really want to start a precedent where they're finding players because they're grieving or they're having to deal with family issues? Do they really want to go down that road? Because that yeah. is not that's not, an, that's not an image the NFL want to portray. So, from yeah. my understanding, is that there's been an appeal lodged. So, it, we'll see what comes with that. It's ironic that you say that, Graham, because the NFL is all to all about family entertainment. Yeah, right? and there are try and the players are bringing the family entertainment. Is the is the players, and if you're taking away their family from, like interrupting their business in terms of yeah. their family. It, it's gonna ruin it's 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 gonna like you said it's gonna completely ruin the image of the NFL yeah. if that's the case. It, it, it's it's a it's a dark road where it's heading. See, this is where it, this is where it jumps around as well, doesn't it? You say like he th there's from the looks at I know we all had a bit of gripe about it to start with and we were like right what, yeah what's this kind of when obviously it's all come to light it's it's legitimate reasons but it's the typical thing again of the NFL of you you're guilty till you're proven innocent. So what? Why is why is like Collins not playing while this yeah. suspension while this appeal goes on? And then if he then if he's if he's found to be done wrong, then you're banning you because what is essentially so what they're going to do? They're going to they're going to investigate it and go right. So like that way you ban you you've been banned for six games. Well then essentially the whole 
process of it is a lot of bollocks anyway because he's he's even the actual suspension itself there's mm. nothing in the actual um criteria of a five game suspension it's been completely made up i mean jay like, you, you're, you're talking we hit we had a bit of a gripe about it in the group and in the private chat but none of us even considered that it would be for what he's been cited for you know <laughs> I mean, imagine imagine missing a drugs test because you're grieving for somebody. I mean, is, is that not is that not a pathetic uh, excuse to suspend it, somebody? It's, it's cold. It's absolute cold. It's, I think it's shocking. I think it's. I mean, the the NFL have acted way way too quickly. Um, yeah. And if if they don't if they don't at least at least lower the suspension to maybe another game. If they lower it, fine. I mean, they, they've set. I mean, I think it's terrible anyway, but at least if they lower it, they've said, right, okay, we've acted rashly, um, serve another game and we'll, we'll say nothing more about it. But, but, it, shouldn't yeah, be, it, should, but it shouldn't be banned in the first place. Well, yeah, yeah I guess so. So I think I think he's he missed three tests. So the first one, as you said, was Marcus Paul. The second, there was family bereavement. The third... He was in surgery that day and they popped him for one of the recovery drugs that he was given whilst in <laughs> surgery. That's just he's, in it. Apparently, just, he has had 150 drug tests in the past 18 months shit. and missed just, those three, which are all valid. Like Brian, just to add just to add on to the second one, he he specifically got permission from the Cowboys to mm, go. So yeah. that's not his fault if I mean, fair enough. It's, if it's random drug testing, fine. But if the team have said to him, "Look, you go and do what you need to do," which is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. I mean, that lessens the blame even more. Yeah, and not just that. If if anyone's trying to take responsibility, then the Cowboys should like like not to put, put the blame on the Cowboys here, but if they're given permission to Collins, then they should they, they should be dealing directly to say, "Listen." We are giving our player permission to leave here. It's like if you're going to hit us, just hit us with the fine, not the player. Yeah. That like you know what I mean? Like yeah, a fine a fine towards the team is more acceptable mm -hmm. than punishing the player. You yeah. know what I mean? Like punishing the player for those reasons is just I, I'm oh it, it, uh, it's, we can yeah. talk on we can talk all night about this besides the game. Yeah. The other, the other thing I was going to bring up about the about the surgery. Do you not think the doctors would have done specific tests before they put them under anaesthetic or like anything like that? Do you not think there's a list of these of questions these doctors need to ask? Yeah. In, in or, case of medical malpractice, or, or or even the fact that, like you say, it's someone that he's had in his recovery. Would you not then? What's the word? Um, I think of the word. Benny, welcome, welcome. Um, not compensate. Yeah, compensate for that because it, he's clearly not taking it to perform. He's had it because he's had a, a surgery. You know what I mean, it's judge, jury, and executioner is our our a lot of pit fans see the NFL now. They make their own rules. They do what they want. They don't give a shit. They they're sucking the life out of the sport sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as we say, the NFL is well known for being the no fun league. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, any non any non Cowboys fans watching this will think, "Oh, there's the Cowboys fans having another go at the commissioner for for what, suspending one of the stars." I think again in this situation, we've every right to be a bit pissed mm. off with it because yeah, I, I don't. I, I mean, there were no charges brought against Zeke. Collins has got a list of excuses that excuse him from missing any more time. I, yeah. I haven't heard a decent case for him actually to to keep the suspension. Unless unless you guys have heard anything. I mean, I, I, like you say, Brian, he's been he's been tested more than enough. Um, he's been probably been tested more than Chris Cyborg. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dropping, dropping the bombs there, Paul. Um, another, another quick point, just moving on from the loyal Collins, another point I wanted to touch on, it was just came to me there whilst we were talking about the NFL screwing us over. They also, it turns out, the officials in the Tampa Bay game screwed us over. And the NFL has retrospectively fined Levante David for taking his helmet off. But... We got screwed again. That's, that, I, but again, that's that's all very well between the league and David. Doesn't it? Doesn't yeah. It's no doesn't, use to us. Doesn't, the, yeah. the missed, doesn't, doesn't change the result. The missed offensive yeah. pass interference is no use to us. Um, yeah. Like I said on the show, uh, the Saints are still stinging from theirs. You know, yeah. their their OPI uh, cost them a place in the Super Bowl because if he comes down with that ball, they kick the field goal. And they're off to the Super Bowl, so um, it's all very good. This retrospective action, but it doesn't help the team at the time. No. Do, do you know, I get, I, I, I get the, the penalty thing, but we touched on it a couple, a couple of shows ago, didn't we? That regardless of that, if you, if you give Brady the ball with two minutes to go, with a couple of points, he's gonna hurt you every time. I know we missed some kicks and that kind of shit, but still. You can't give Brady that much time. Um, how many times has he done it? In and and more recently, when Aaron Rodgers did it to us in the playoffs a couple of year, he's just. Yeah. I give those kind of quarterbacks the time left with the ball with that. Yeah, give him that much time, but with 10, 14 points behind, but not not how many points they were behind. It's yeah, but I get what you're saying with that as well. I say that the, the, the yeah. door help that position, but you've got sometimes you've got to. They kind of finger the the play. Out themselves during the season, so we'll get a few of them come back, won't we? But yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna I, get, I'm not gonna get hung up on it. I mean, it's, it's losing yeah. to the Super Bowl champions in week one is not mm. going to define our season. No, so, absolutely yeah. not. I've, I've, if anything, there was a lot more positives and negatives during that game. Anyway, regardless, like we should have, we could have got the win. Yeah, absolutely. But the way how things were going, like we had an expectation that we were going to get absolutely destroyed in that game. We were, we did, yeah. we, we, people were given a zero chance to make the game interesting. We were up there, we were competing with Brady, that actually was better than Brady in terms of the stats wise. Um, I mean, our O-line, along with playing in the pass protection game, was solid. I mean, defensively, we had takeovers, there was a lot to take positives from this, and we saw that even going towards what we're just about to talk about in this game. And just pointing, I'm not I'm not slating officials because I think on Sunday we benefited an awful lot from some crappy officials. Uh, oh, I think Mike yeah. brought up the point here: twenty penalties 
in the one game. I mean, some of the decisions on Sunday were amazing. Yeah, I think I, I have. There was one, and it was, was it, was it the one where they called the sack? That yeah. was, yes. that was an awful yeah. call. That was horrendous. Yeah, the yeah. the Micah Parsons, the Micah Parsons sat mm. on uh, just just <laughs> there. Yeah. Get rid of the ball. Yeah. You know, well, don't get me wrong. Don't get don't don't get me wrong, Jamie. Am I? I'm happy about it. We got. Oh yeah. Start, but, but at the same time, I'm at how the hell did we? How that that that, that should never have counted. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel sorry for the Chargers fans and that one. I have to admit, I do feel so a wee bit bad, a wee bit. Just, yeah. just one thing on that. They, they, were, they were saying that the Cowboys, I don't know if anybody saw it as well, um, saying that the, obviously the Cowboys always travel really well in terms of fans in stadiums. But apparently this was, the this this game set the record for most Cowboys fans at a road game. I read somewhere on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was yeah. absolutely... Said it was like an away game, but uh, like a home game. But they said, yeah, it, apparently there was there was the most cowboy fans at a road game than any other Cowboys game in history. Yeah, yeah, you're. It's the first first actual crowd game at the new LA Stadium, and California in general is pretty much Cowboys Nation. It really is. Yeah. Like, like I know for a fact there was at least at, like within the but actual tailgate, was nearly every single one of them based on Central. And from the East Coast, we're going over to the West Coast in California just to yeah. get that, that that game. Like you're, you're talking about, I would say sixty-five to seventy-five percent Cowboys fans, if yeah. not yeah. Uh, minimum, minimum sixty-five. Yeah. I mean, not not yeah. to go too deep into the issue, <laughs> but you know, the, the Raiders left for a reason. The Raiders bounce between Oakland, back to LA, back to Oakland, so on, so on, so on. And then thought, do you know what? There's a better opportunity in Vegas. And then all all of a sudden, (laughs) the Chargers jump in from an established fan base in San Diego to play in a soccer Mm. stadium (laughs) in their first year. So it doesn't even catch on. No wonder there were so many Cowboys there. This is the only thing that's enough about American sports. There's almost all of it. Like you say, you grow a fan base. And a team can just up sticks and they take the calls for instance, just up sticks in the middle of the night and just bugger off. And now yeah, the yeah, they've got your team, it's just it's just ludicrous. Yeah, they can pick up and leave as, as they come and go, depending on where the money's shown. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you, you would never see that in our in our sport of like football, soccer, and that like, like you could never ever franchise a team over here because mm. it's. You can't exactly move Manchester to Liverpool, you know what I mean? Like that's never gonna happen, you know what I mean? So, so or swap Glasgow Celtic with Glasgow Rangers. That is never gonna happen, you know what I mean? So like so you see, you see, when, you see, you see but, but when when Wimbledon move up to to Milton Keynes, they just yeah, it's just it's it's a very rare thing over here, isn't it, that you ever see and yeah, I just I feel sorry for the fans that, that it happens to because they invest so yeah. much money over the years and so much love and follow the team around. And you know what I mean, America compared to us is well, we're just small fish in terms of, of land size, aren't we? And so that they they travel some far distances over there. And yeah, I just feel sorry yeah. for. Them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just one more point. Like, remember when way back in the eight? What was it? I'm just trying to remember when was the Ravens formed? Was it early two thousands? 
Um, something like that, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So, because you remember when the whole thing, when the Browns were moving franchise and stuff like that, the uproar mm. within the Cleveland community, they started yeah. throwing yeah. chairs about and stuff like that. Then when the expansion happened, they had to bring Cleveland back into the equation because of that type of yeah. fan base. So it just shows. Um, I'm sorry, Marcus, to see in your comment there. Uh, no, this is our uh, post-game show. So now, because we're in the season now, we're now doing post-game shows on a Tuesday and pre-game shows on a Thursday. So we're now doing two shows a week now. I think the Ravens oh, there we were go. 1996. 1996. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for the thank yeah. you for the facts, yeah. there, my they, friend. They just up and left overnight. They never yeah. even yeah. told anybody they were going. And, no. so that, and it was the same with the Houston Oilers. Uh, no, Houston. I, I, uh, no, the Houston Oilers moved to Tennessee. Yeah. That, that was an overnight thing as well. That, that came out of the blue. No, so I think that was that was planned. Was it? That's good for the Browns yeah. that year. The Browns had a good team that year as well. Well, for a couple I, of years. I, yeah, yeah Bill, Bill Belichick was the head coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They had a really good team. Just yeah. Just be, be, before before we do move on to um, actually discussing the game, we're half an hour into the show and we've barely discussed it. <laughs> so I do, like, I do yeah. believe there is a vacancy in Leeds for a good football team. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the offensive side of the ball so you'll see the numbers starting to tick through the bottom so graham i'm gonna throw it straight over to you talk to me about terence Steele and how he performed at right tackle on saturday or sunday <laughs> i mean not terrible. Um, yeah. I, obviously, obviously, I'm joking. He played. He played particularly well. Um, yeah, encouraging. Um, I mean, obviously, you're only going to find out how good these guys are when you see them on the field in in live action. Um, I think we were all a little bit apprehensive when they say that they decided they were going to keep um, seventy at right guard and just next man up. Um, I, I mean, right I, agree with, I agree with the decision because you're you're keeping you're keeping Martin in his in his best position and allow, allows him to do what he does and um, he created the hole for Zeke's uh, rushing touchdown, the second touchdown in the game. Right. So I think it yeah. was it was well justified. Um, <clears throat> can Steele play like that for five, four or five of the next games? Only one way to find out. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a lot more optimistic than I was. Um, prior to the start of the game, I, I suggested that hopefully these guys have come in and pick up where they left off rather than going back to their early early 2020 form because that was not good and nobody needs that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was uh, I, I was it Mike that put up a stat that there was literally no sack from Joey Bosa, correct? One of yeah. the one of the sack kings of the the NFL. Um, just bringing up both the stats: two tackles and one assist. Um, yeah, and it was more, and it was more or less stopping the run. There was no, Q, I don't think there was even QB pressures. Yeah, from I mean, no, So, I mean, so for for likes of myself, I think Terence Steele deserves a big, massive pat in the back for how he handled the game. 
for definite. Yeah. How I think the big like you just mentioned it just there. How is he going to handle it going forward for these next games while Torres is still going to be out pending on this appeal? So, um, it's pro- it's it's promising. I I'm the same boat as you. I don't feel as nervous about the right tackle position as much yeah. anymore. But obviously, we're still kind of got that wee bit of a question mark because the inexperience and <laughs> the steel and stuff like that. Valente, what's happening, my man? Good to see you. Um, but yeah, it's promising. Um, going towards this Eagles game, no, uh, against a, a more stat defensive line, that's where it's going to be more interesting. But we'll talk about that in the pre pregame show. Yeah. Unfortunately. Leave that till Thursday, but Jamie, having Zach Martin back in the lineup, what did it do for this team? It, it just, just his name alone brings a lot of confidence. Um, yeah. That these guys are going to step up and and play and, and play to a high level. I, I, um, I know it wasn't the only one, um, but I act on, um, I act on about it. I can't remember if it was the. If it was the Played the show on Thursday, I think it was. Um, mm-hmm. that I thought it was a ludicrous request to even ask him to move to left tackle. He's arguably the best guard in the game. So, why, although he, he would have probably played to a high level last time, but why, why move the best guard into the game outside his natural, his more natural position yeah. and hamper you essentially your run game and and. Putting him there, just look at look at look at the stats. I know Zeke's weren't off the chart, but oh my god, Tony Pollard had a had a game on Sunday. You know what I mean, like it's hard to find anybody yeah. better than Tony Pollard on Sunday. But yeah, don't don't move your the best guy in the league to somewhere else. Put, put him in and, and play your run game through Zach Martin. Some of the some of the holes he created on Sunday were ludicrous. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Um, like I. Uh, we have our PFF rankings here. Mike always puts in the puts in the information for us there. So Zach Martin had a ninety five point five ranking. Wow. On PFF like that That's... is almost unheard of. That's how good a player Zach Martin is. Or he, he, I mean, he, he well he was regarded the best guard to play that whole weekend of football, was he not? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm on record, and I think. I could speak for the three of you as well when I say Zach Martin's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. And let's just enjoy him. Without a doubt. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a testament to the entire offensive line. 221 passing, but 198 on the ground. I mean, that's that's wild. I mean, um, Tony Pollard get, only had... Tony Pollard had three less carries than Zeke. Hmm. That's confidence. I mean, for a long time yeah. on the show, I've said, when are we actually going to see Tony Pollard with three mm. with three stud receivers, two highly, high, uh, high, maybe not highly, but above average tight ends, when are yeah. you actually going to see Tony Pollard? And I think we're starting to see um, not Zeke take a, back, a, a step back, but I think they realise that it's a 17-game season. Um, yeah. They're going to ask Zeke to do an awful lot of pass protection. Um, and if they can, if they can not limit, but if they can manage his carries throughout the season, you're hopefully going to get a fresh Zeke going into 
December and dare I say it, into January. Uh, so it's a yeah. long season. So if if Tony Pollard can show up the way he did um, for half the games, what a bonus that would be! You know, it's not as if as well as it. It, it was indeed, Danny. It was indeed. Zeke didn't even have a bad game. If you look at his stats, Zeke Zeke was for seventy-one yards. Now, yeah, this early in the season, you, you can take it because yeah, it's only the second game. They're still getting up to speed. That's that's not a bad. He averaged, he averaged four point four yeah. yards a carry. Four point four, yeah, four point four average is decent. It's really good. I mean, yeah. he, some of them runs were tough runs as well. Like he made yeah. a couple yeah. of them, some out and out, a couple like, of them. I mean, you could tell Zeke was being more the actual powerhouse running back that mm. we are so used to seeing, like driving right through the middle and actually putting linebackers in their backsides, like just yes. like dipping the sh- dipping the shoulder pads down. Mm. I mean, yes. I mean, it, I, I find that the dual threat that we've got with Pollard and seat now it just brings that different dimension mm. that so because Paul is all about the elusiveness Zeke's all about the power the power yeah. running yeah. power running back that he is and it's I mean that, that game there was great okay. I don't know what I, I don't know what much else to say really do, do it remind you a little bit I'm not saying it's that I exactly say but do you not take you kind of back to the days a little bit like with Marion Barber and Felix Jones a little bit like that that I can, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, you only have to look at the second touchdown. Um, a handoff to, to Zeke, a run behind Zach Martin for the yeah. for the, 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 the go ahead touchdown. Yeah. It was yeah. it was like 2016 Cowboys running game all over again. It was yeah. and I put yeah. in the our, our group chat, um well done to Kellen Moore. For keeping it mm. simple and calling the plays that he know will work, yes. you know, a, yeah. a, a halfback dive behind Zach Martin was our bread and butter years ago, and it yeah. was good to see us get back to that. Um, and obviously, by bringing Pollard into the game more, you're going to keep Zeke fresh for those situations. The the first and goal, second and goal type stuff. If he can come in and not have run himself into the ground prior to that, there's every chance he'll just take on the block and score. I think there's also the extra bit. I think the other thing we need to consider as well is like we don't want a burn out Zeke. And think I'm kind of thinking from a contract perspective here. If like so, obviously Zeke's on this big high end contract. Like perfectly fine with me. He deserves his money, without yeah. doubt. But would I want to burn Zeke for four years and maybe not get him? For an extension, that or would I kind of like still plot plot him in and have him for a longer duration with the team and still make these big amazing plays? I would rather do that and have an hour running back to share the load. That's what I would. Yeah. I, I would rather have that more than happy to. So I just just want to make a couple of points here, and I'm I'm going to bring it up because there is mm. there is a point in 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 their comments, and I'll bring it up. But firstly. Please get your comments, and they're starting to come in now, and that's what we want to see. We have had a couple of comments on the defensive side of the ball. We will get to those. We're not ignoring the comments from people. We just we have to show in, in a certain pattern that we're going to go through things. And if you want to pull it up there, Paul, so Valenti's comment here, and it was something that I wanted to bring up myself. So this comment was made yesterday, and I was watching Good Morning Football, and they were saying... Why are the Cowboys now going with, um, what are they considering getting rid of Zeke? 
And I don't think it's a fair comment at all. Um, That's ridiculous. Like, we've made the point, it's a 17-game season. Teams, the Chargers obviously didn't plan for Tony Pollard on on Sunday, and that's why he succeeded. And Pollard wasn't facing loaded boxes, which Zeke is. So it's unfair yeah. to say Pollard is a better player. He's not. Pollard, if you need Pollard in there on pass protection, we're screwed. Pollard <laughs> can't play that game. Hey, so um, I'm going yeah. to throw it over to you guys. What do you think? Yeah. Right, I'm going to paint a situation for you all. So it's third and seven in the, the championship game. And just for the benefit of hindsight, I'm going to tell you all that the, the defense have called a zero blitz. So for there's there's no there's no safety. Everybody's if if you're not picking up a wide receiver, you're blitzing. Who do you want in there? Do you want Zeke Elliott or do you want Tony Pollard? Mm-hmm. I'll Zeke. tell you, it's Zeke Elliott every single day of the week and twice on yeah. Sundays. Zeke yeah. is a third down back, and let's not get yeah. carried away with Tony Pollard. It's still Zeke's running game. And and just yeah. to add to that as well, G, look at the just take it back all the way to college. Zeke played for Ohio State, played at the big games. And, yeah. and Tony Pollard was a backer running back in college and played a lot played a lot on special teams. So there's a, yeah. a vast difference. He is he, is there, like I say, to to ch- just to change it a little bit and just give it a bit of a different direction. Like you say, Zeke's like yeah. Paul said earlier, a bit more of that. For, for like, kind of running back at the minute, and he's a bit a bigger build. He's got pace, he's a bit of a bigger build, so you can trust him going down. Them. Whereas Pardis, if you look at it, look at on Sunday, a lot of the time it, it bounced out, out yeah. the side, and that's where yeah. you can get him getting one on one with a bit of speed and a bit of pace. He's going to burn people to death. Yeah, I think I think for, for me, the the comment to say that Pollard is better than he is it, one is disrespectful in a way, and two, uh, it's like I did not actually watching the game. In terms of what the situation of where what the offense is at and where the opposing defenses are, like you're, you're like Kellen Moore's making the decision. He thinks he can be probably be more effective and based in this scenario, and we'll have Zeke for more like within the red zone scenario. You know what I mean? So to me, I, I just don't think it's a fair comment. DJ Dogs in the house. How are we doing, my man? What's happening? Um. But yeah, I just, I just, I just think it's a really unfair comment. And like you guys just said there, like Zeke, he was a track and run star for like high school. He played for mm-hmm. Ohio State, won a won a, a conference championship, and all that stuff. Whereas Paul and you just said there, Jamie Pollard was a backup within his college team as well. Yeah. So and played mostly special teams. I mean, don't get me wrong, Pollard has been great, like great from when we what we dried dried a drafted him at, at the fourth round. And he's been a, a, a fundamental part in terms of giving seek that extra support to go in and out and share the load and stuff like that. Yeah. But to even suggest that Pollard is better than Zeke, I, uh, it's a, nah, nah. I'm sorry, no. It's, nah, it's too, I, mean, it, I mean, it's week two, guys. It's week two. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I know. So just to be fair to, to Andrew, he did come back in and say, you know, it is week two. Oh no no sorry Andrew we're you not know, having to go we're not, not having to go we're, we're having to we're having to go at Good Morning Football and all that yeah we're, like, we're not we're not picking at you Andrew it's more a case of we're just we're talking the point through and saying you know 
they're a great one-two punch, and that's what you need. Yeah. You need a second running back nowadays. But yeah. Graham, I'll throw it back over to you. If if I know if I know Good Morning Football, there's a large slice of fantasy element in that. That's, that's it. That, Zeke, that, that's the thing. Everyone Tony Pollard scored more fantasy points than Zeke Elliott, and they've rushed to the conclusion. But if you drop the scenario that I painted for you guys, it's not yeah. close. It's Zeke Elliott every single time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, they're again about Good Morning Football. They're looking for they're looking for clicks and shares and likes a lot of the time. And did you see what they said in Good Morning Football? You know that kind of stuff. They're they're trying yeah. to they're trying to increase their viewers, and I understand that. But and they have to be a little bit controversial and get rid of the news yeah. if you like to to do that. Fair fair play to them, but. I don't watch it, to be perfectly honest. It's pure clickbait. It's pure clickbait. And don't get me don't get me wrong. We're yeah. all guilty. We're all guilty actually going in to these uh, supposed to be professionals shows mm. and uh, stating their professional opinion, where it's just basically a load of nonsense. I mean, we can talk about the idiot Skip, uh, Skip Bayless for all we know. He's an absolute yeah. awful, you know. <laughs> But uh, I, I, I do love the comment in here from uh, Jamie in our private comments. He, he, he said, not to badmouth KG. So who's KG, Jamie? No, G, G, you know. Oh, you're oh you're giving out to you're giving out to Graham. All right. So yeah, yeah I think I think to be honest, my um my fellow co-host Kay Adams is a great one for stoking debates like that, knowing the direction she wants to bring things. So um, I'm going to bad mouth Kay Adams for we'll, you. Mr. That, Brian, we'll be having words soon. We'll be, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be activating your Twitter and things so you can't be messaging. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> but if, if, if we throw it over to our receiving core, again, we didn't have to go through a 400-yard game through the air on Sunday. It was yeah. it was it was very balanced, about 200, 200, 250, both on the ground and through the air. So um, you know, and I think Andrew made the point that I think Cooper has the most catches through the season. CD Lamb is fifth in terms of the number of catches. So is that a better way of playing the game? You know, that we didn't play from behind this week. We played from the front. Oh, without a doubt, you know, like um, I think in our, our opening drive um, was almost seven minutes, mm. simply yeah. because we were controlling the ball. Um, I mean, that's 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 exactly how we we rocked to the playoffs and and Dak and Zeke's first season. We controlled yeah. the ball as soon as you got as soon as the Cowboys got a fourteen point lead, the game was over. Um, yeah, so if, if we can right, control yeah. if we can control the ball like we did. 2016, 2017, um, and not put it in the air for ball hawking receivers to go and get. That's that's got to be a better way of managing the game. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we dug out the result. I mean, don't forget the the Chargers have, a, have got a really good secondary. Um, yes. I mean, Derwin Der- James is back for them. Nasir Adel is a cracking player as well. So. Uh, the one time, Samuel Jr. had a great well, game. Well, he got he got the interception. We'll we'll get onto that. Um, yeah. But yeah, and uh, even on the interception, that it was. Pro- I've I've watched it again in the in the past hour. It it's probably just a ball that sailed on Dak a little bit because it was too short for Cooper, and 
um, Samuels jumped on it and, and got the pick, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, if, if I mean, if the running game can produce, you know, 100, almost 200 yards, why not just stick to it and have yeah. a little bit more control? Especially away from you know, home. And I, I and not taking any away the receivers, and to be fair, I I, know, I normally give the Titans a lot of crap on this on this show. But the, the Titans played pretty well. The, the stats in terms of receiving don't don't jump off the board, but there was but mm. in terms of the blocking and all that, they, they stepped up quite a bit this week. Yeah, I think to be fair, Andrew was kind of saying it here in terms of. Um, and that's a good point there from DJ Dog in terms of it was a game of two halves. Um, that we played better in week one, but I think in our first quarter this week was the best quarter we've played in a long time. But mm-hmm. sorry, this this was something I, I had been thinking of and I meant to say it earlier. Um, in terms of Tony Pollard and Zeke playing, um, has anyone noticed Dak hasn't run at all this season? Is this why we're seeing a bit more Tony Pollard in the game? He did a little bit against Tampa Bay because yeah. I have yeah. my heart in my mouth every single time. <laughs> <laughs> but to to your point, the second week, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah. if you can if you can keep Dak in his pocket and not have to do that, uh yeah. I'm all for it. Absolutely all for it. I mean there's there's no registered rush on the NFL site for Dak, um yeah. which is fine because you've got you've got Running backs producing 180 yards worth of of uh, offense. So, um, yeah, I, I I don't see I don't see any any reason to ask Dak Prescott to rush because like like we saw in the Bucks game, um, it's frightening because we all remember too well uh, the leg looking in the wrong position. Yeah. Um, so if we can avoid that, I'm all for it. But I think it was also a testament down to our offensive line. As well, yes, I think yes. particularly in the first half, both offensive lines controlled uh, controlled the game, and that's that's effectively why it was so tight. It's one loss in the trenches, and if yeah. Dak doesn't have to run, then I'm all for it. Yeah, I'd say it's, I think that I think we touched it the with that first hit. It, it's like yeah, it's like we, we it took a couple of hits, but like you say, if if we can spread the ball a little bit like we did. In the air on on Sunday, and let's say we can get we say you you getting both running backs touching. Well, one did, but one was not too far away from hundred from hundred yards of pace. Like I say you, you put, you're not putting your quarterback at risk anymore. You keep him keep him fresh. Let him do what he does, and let him get that get that ball out out wide to the receivers, and let them let let them do the job. I mean, take away as much pressure away from him as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anything else you want to talk about in terms of the offense before before we move along? Yeah, the, the just to stick with the wide receivers. Um, all of a sudden, we're getting a little bit injury prone at wide receiver. Um, I mean, obviously, we've we've lost Michael Gallup, and uh, Cooper's now managing a rib injury. Um, I mean. Hopefully you remember the the uh, Cedric Wilson Duke. Uh, mm. He sent that guy for a hot dog. Uh, that, that that was some move. Um, yeah. 
you might see Cedric yeah. Wilson play a bigger role in this offense if, if it keeps going the way it goes because um, they're going to have to pay attention to Cook because we've we've lost Gattis. Another three weeks we're without Michael Gallup. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we might have to lean on that running game a little bit more. Um, but if if the running game stays potent and the the offensive line managed to bring out another performance again, um, like they did on Sunday, then should be all right. Uh, but yeah, getting a little bit thin at wide receiver. I've got one thing to add on, as I think Jarwin and Schultz deserve a little bit of credit as well in terms of their blocking assignments as well. They made a much much better job in this game than they did mm. against Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and and they actually did some like. Uh, Jarwin especially got, had a nice uh, route down the middle nah, during the game. Do, do you know, so, the, the, yeah. out of that whole offensive performance, I, I don't think there's anything really you could really be nitpicky. Like I say, like, like Graham said, it, it was probably a bit of a lofty pass for that for the interception, so you can let that. It was, it, was more, it was the play calling at the end for that field goal. There was there was an opportunity to get a few. Yes. Yeah, he, he made it, but why? Why risk it and try and just drive it yeah. up the middle and get even two or three more yards? But even even the commentators were like, "What's going on here?" And it, it was like, "I can't." Was like, I over cautious, sorry, not over overconfident that he was going to kick it. Based based on what happened last week, I mean, I think it made a lot of people nervous. Like, I think there was a guy. I can't remember if it was Dave Hellman's retweeted the tweet. There was a guy who paid all that money to go to the game, and. He was, was, was sat praying in his chair, and it was like he paid all his money and he can't even watch the thing. He was that nervous. Yep, there we go. There we go. Yep, Schultz did do that. I can't. I can't yeah. remember exactly who it was tweeted, but I think he tweeted that um, they had personnel problems leading up to that, mm. and they didn't yeah. want to have it run over. Um, because can you imagine the the bad press they would have got if they'd. For instance, say if say if they hadn't called the time, they hadn't been able to call the timeout. Say the play ran for, I don't know, was was the clock running at the time? Yeah, the clock ticking down at the time. So if it runs over, yeah, say they say they go down at six seconds, the play takes five, and they don't get the opportunity to call the timeout. Can you imagine the bad press we would have had? It been. One day, a lot of time, I think when it got to like that, it, there was about 14, 15 seconds on the clock on so they had plenty of time to, to run one, but it was just like it literally time. just... Did, did I see something that someone stepped in front of the clock or a cart went in front of the clock and Kellen Moore couldn't actually see where the clock was to make a call? And I think, I think as you said as well, G, in terms of the, the personnel package they wanted to go with, wasn't ready to go when they wanted to make the play. Um, I haven't heard. I haven't heard that scenario. But I've just yeah, I think DJ and... Dog is just saying it is is bringing it in here for us that Pollard came out of the game and wasn't supposed to. Well, yeah, they, I mean, so, like, I mean, I, I just, I just think like the the constant media pressure that's on the Cowboys. Just, I mean, Zerline Zerline kicked it with four seconds left. Yeah. Um. I just, I just think it's, it's a very tight situation to gain. Say, I mean, take it on average. Say a running play four yards, 
is it worth the risk as opposed yeah. to freeze the clock at four seconds? Hmm. We're we're not going to lose the game if he doesn't if he doesn't make it. Yeah. Just give it, give ourselves a, a nice clean opportunity to go and win the game, and they did. Yeah, yeah. So DJ Dog there and Andrew has also said it as well that 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 there was an issue with the cart running in front of the, the clock, and then the display went off on the clock. So we're we're nearly an hour into the show, so I think it's 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 time we moved on from the from the offense and headed over to talk about our. I think you're hitting the, the video button just a little bit too early there, Brian, because you get caught out when you're saying, didn't even know you were saying defense there. So, <laughs> <laughs> But mo- moving on to the defense, and, and as we say, guys, comments have been flying in about the defense, and keep the, keep the comments coming in to us. As we say, it's, it's not about us, guys. It's about what you think we want to know, we love, what you think we want to hear from you, what your thoughts are. So the comments, oh, Jamie is happy. We'll, we'll not say anything more about that. But a lot of the comments that came in have been about Jaron Curse having a great game. Um, I know Andrew brought it up. I think Rika brought it up earlier in, in, in the commentary. Jaron Curse, anyone like to discuss? That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't need to say anything else, really. You know what? Yeah, almost, almost had an interception. There was a little yeah. bit of. There was a little bit of um, cheeky play around it. Almost had an interception. I've seen those not called against yeah. us often enough. Yeah. So. That's true. <laughs> not to not not to yeah. to take away from from the game he had. Like I say, the defense played well, but. I don't think you can go farther than Michael Parsons. Was that the first time since high school he played defensive end and he had himself yeah. a game? Showed again why that he was he was such so high on the Cowboys board. He 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 outplayed he outplayed one of the one of the best defensive ends in the game. And yeah, it was and, just, and he, I, I just want sorry, Brian. I just need to mention this. A lot of people were talking about oh, Rashawn Slate or this, Rashawn Slate or that. He wasn't really that great during that game. He missed some nope. crucial. He missed some crucial blocks during that game. Yeah. And look and look what Parsons did. To me, yeah. I think I think a, the Cowboys made a solid decision in, our, in that investment. Yeah. I really do. Um, do, do you know what? I just just, just want to make want to make one quick point, and I'll draw it over to you then, Jamie. We didn't need Rashawn Slater on Sunday. I think we managed to run the damn ball just fine without him, did we not? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'll throw it over to you now, Jamie. Now there's 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 a there's a comment in the thing. Um, I don't know if he's winking at an opportunity, but there's one there's one name actually on there that I forgot. And just just to remind everybody, this guy was a second round pick. This guy should have never dropped into the second round pick. Yeah. Once again. Diggs showed why he's the best the best cornerback on this team. Absolutely. By a million miles. Well said. Yes. Absolutely. Like he made, like me, don't don't get me wrong, the Diggs did make a mistake in one play, but within the next play, that was I think that was the turnover, was it not? One of them. 
he left uh, I can't even remember if it, uh, yeah it was uh, Keenan Allen he, left, he yeah. left Keenan Allen wide open and it was like a wee two tap tap going off field like just like like it was like five yards away from him like just completely switched off I think he was expecting the safety to cover him or something like that but but either way he rectified his mistake and actually got the one mm. of the picks after it Oh, that's right. That is a great comment, Doc. I completely forgot about Bradley and I. Holy shit! How can you forget him? You, I mean, he's one of he's one of your bears, isn't he? Aye, he is. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have to bring up uh, Demonte Kazee. How often are we going to see yes. this guy make a, a play inside the red zone? Oh my he's god! Making a roll. Incredible. Well, um, yeah. Actually, return from the safety position. I think already. Yeah. I think already we can already say it's like our off-season acquisitions of this year is by far a million times better than what we did last year in terms of our off-season recruitments. Don't, don't do it to yourself, Paul. No, I'm just. You know no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Do, do you know what? That's? Just quick. Just quickly looking through. Quickly looking through the stats. And to be fair, there's a lot of there's a lot of players on that side of the ball that's, that's not just buyers on this show, but by a lot of the fans. And some of them stepped up. J- Jalen Smith, six total tackles, three assists. Anthony Brown, five total tackles. Van Der Esch, four and three assists. So I think some of them stepped up and made some tackles. And, and to be fair, and, and two of and Van Der Esch's were tackles for loss as well. Yeah. No, just that he got seven tackles for losses, one sack, and mm. I'm just reading. I'm just reading the stats in the, in the yeah. board below. Mm. And, and same way, Osa Osa de Gazua got two, two tackles for losses yeah. as well. Yeah. And five, pre- five pressures. Five pressures and five pressures to quarterback from the and from the nose uh, from the interior position, getting five. Put pressure, yeah. forcing Herbert to move outside. That's what we needed. Yeah. Kamara got him same one as well. And a, lot of people, right. a, lot of, a lot of people on hooker. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people slag the cowboys off for, for put for, for putting Kamara on the um on the roster because I mean he's he's quite undersized yeah. for the position, but he yeah, yeah. played it lad. Yeah. So I'm just gonna gonna bring bring back up Andrew's point here and I, I have my own thoughts on this uh, in terms of, no, you do not keep Mike Parsons at defensive end. You have Randy Gregor, you have D-Law, who are designated pass rushers. You, mm. you use them in that role. One of the biggest issues, and I made this comment several times whilst the game was on, was 7 to 12 yards. Justin Herb was picking us off every time we need a man free. That's the position we want Micah Parsons to be in, in that Mike linebacker yes. role. Mm. So for me, that's where his position is going to be long term. Yeah, one, two games, no issue with it, but not long term, you know, no. But just to jump on Andrew's comment again, what it does do though is, is opens that defensive playbook a lot more because now you know it can, it can fit in there. You can confuse yeah. him a little bit, change the schemes up a little bit and, and throw him yeah. in there. And I'm sure didn't we used to do that a couple of t- a few times with with Demarcus Ware? Um, he, yeah. he had a few he times. Yeah. Yeah. So it 
it's pretty much a Demarcus Ware Von Miller situation where you play they play linebacker, but they can slot as the as a five tech defensive end. So I, mean, yeah. I, could, I could see him, but like I say maybe not playing there full time, but I can see him certainly dropping in there at times time, to time yeah. in games. It's a but true definition. It's a true definition of a hybrid player for mm-hmm. sure. But in the meantime, in in the meantime, though, we have we have a thinness at defensive end and not an abundance of wealth, but we have several players who can fill in at linebacker. Um, Mm -hmm. So to move Parsons to defensive end where we don't have D'Lo wouldn't be the worst idea, I don't think. Mm. Uh, Mm. I mean, I said like I'm going to blow my own trumpet, but I said that. prior to the start of the season that uh michael parsons would win rookie and defensive player of the year you did he's already and i also said he would be team sack leader he's already tied for first yeah second weekend of the season and we've just lost deal for what six to eight weeks so there's every chance that you see a huge amount of production from parsons at defensive end um yeah, yeah. like because i mean you've got um, one of Jamie's favourites to come in and fill in for Parsons. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. You could even, I mean, I, I'm not sure exactly how the rotation would work, but if if the if Smith and Van Der Esch can keep turning in those performances, um, yes, yeah, it allows mm-hmm. it allows yeah. you to be it allows you to move uh, Parsons further closer to the QB and that can only be a good thing with his speed. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean particularly when we have some questionable offensive lines coming up in the next yeah. in the next four or five weeks. Um so we'll we'll see. I think yeah. like 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 Andrew just said there, what if he plays lights out and I think I still think that the the whole point of the Cowboys was drafting was was that linebacker call no disrespect has been awful for the last few years and he needs someone with a high motor, with high energy that, that can that can play. So I, I think, I say, even if he balls out, I think his, his predominant position in this on this roster will, will be will be linebacker. But like I say, it, yeah. it opens it up, and I can see him getting a few snaps a game at the at, at the end, just to like I say, just to not freshen it up, but to maybe confuse. It. Offensive lines are a bit more unlike like G, like G just said. Got some questionable ones there, so you could you could take advantage of it with his, especially with his speed. Drop drop him in, put his hand in the dirt, and let him get let him get through. I mean, to paint a picture, you've got. I, I know we're getting a little bit carried. Or certainly, I'm getting a little bit carried away with Smith and Vanderish. Only played two se- two games, but take those two guys, and then you've got a combination of Cox Neil with Parsons at defensive Parsons. end. It's not yeah. terrible. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. It's not. It's like it's like yeah. one of our worst actual depth positions has now become more of a solid one now. Um, mm. like that. I mean, that was one of my biggest concerns was our linebacker core, how thin it was last season. To looking yeah. at it now, it's like we've got a good rotation of players that can actually fit in and drop in in and out and still fit the void if you're Mac, Mike, Sam, or. Pirate, whatever yeah. you want to call it, the type of linebacker you want to call it, but um, yeah, so yeah, I, I I feel a lot more confident with regards to our linebacker core, uh, even if Parson plays defensive end, 
Yeah. I think with, with this change of scene under Dan Quinn now, it's actually helping these players kind of like step up again, you know? Yeah. Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it keep this question with you and his name is rolling through the bottom of the screen there. Also Odiki Zuba and the defensive tackles. How good is it to see a game where the Cowboys have to be absolutely gashed on the run? <sighs> Finally, we're actually having stop running tackles for losses inside of the O-line. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Like, don't get me wrong, I still I'm still saying this to this day. Neville Gallimore is going to be one of those guys as well. But also Digazura, man. Holy crap, man. Like he is something. He is something. We got ourselves yeah. an absolute we got ourselves an absolute steal in that draft. We really have. Like, I think the, the the one thing that impressed me the most, right? Parsons is credited with the, with a sack on Justin Herbert, which we all agree was never a sack. <laughs> but, but the other man who was also chasing down Herbert and was closing down almost as quick as Mike Parsons was also Odigizua. Yeah, and that's him coming like, off a double team. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that play in particular. I will. I'll, I'll double check it, but I'm pretty sure in that play he was pretty much getting a double double, double teamed. teamed. Yeah, and he managed to create separation quite easily yeah. in that scenario. So yeah. I mean, again, DJ Dog bringing the fire once again. Urban Walker Watkins, they were doing all this. They were they were like they actually helped. The stopping the inside run quite a fair bit. I mean, Brian, do you have the average of the running back game for Ellie? Um, I don't. I don't Austin think we e have that. Austin Eckler had nine carries. And what was his Justin average? He Justin Herbert had four. <laughs> I mean, he did average six yards, but he, to my knowledge, they abandoned the run. It yeah. simply wasn't Pretty working much. for them. Now, I think, I think, I think to be fair, and uh, and it is a point I do want to touch on, is that Herbert was having success at those mid-range dump-offs between, as I said, 7, 12, 15 yards. I think he went at one stage 16 passes complete in a row. So that was working for them. And it, it does throw up a question hmm. uh, about this team not having a second cornerback. I think this is the conversation we're going to talk about, Mr. Anthony Brown, is it not? It is. Mm. Yeah. So just just to touch on the on the rushes, Brian, that the average yeah. per player per character seems pretty high, but when you look at it, like I said, they abandoned it. Eckler averaged six yards a carry, but he had nine he had nine carries for fifty four yards. Justin yeah. Jackson averaged 5.3, but that was 20 yards on four carries. Justin Herbert, mm -hmm. three yards on four, uh, averaged three yards on four carries. Um, Guyton, rushed, one rush for nine yards. And, yeah. and round through the third was was, a, was minus one yard. So that they say that the averages are fairly high, but they also had quite quite high carry numbers. So yeah, they, they ended up abandoning the run. If you look, especially look at the receiving yards that some of their players got. Yeah. Three players of yeah. two over ninety. That's 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 nineteen rushing attempts. That's yeah. that's not 
that's not a balanced offense. Now I get that no. I get that Herbert was having particular success, but it's it's not it's not balanced. Um yeah. and I mean that, that? Was, we were talking about the running game. I think that I, for me they, they did abandon it because you've yeah. got you've Austin Eckler in there. He's he's a he's easily a, a first or second round pick in fantasy. And oh, yeah. Yeah. he was he was not worth playing against the Cowboys. Well maybe maybe yeah. from the passing, maybe from a passing perspective, fine. But didn't find the end zone. Um no. but yeah, we're we're gonna talk about, about the corners. Um but just just on that, I mean, there was one particular play. Um Herbert threw over Diggs and again I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but they basically suggested that Diggs slowed down on the route because quarterbacks do not throw into that kind of situation. He was double covered right on the the, the sideline Side and he lasered it in there and it took yeah. Diggs by surprise. Um, yeah. And don't underestimate, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback. The, the, the Chargers yeah. have their guy for the next 10 years easily. Yeah, they do. A couple, yeah. a couple of guys, just, just to touch on him, a couple of guys I, I know from across um, across the pond, they were. I, I seen a couple of chats they were having, and they were saying just the love the fact that in it, the Niners never took him, and that and the other year that he went back, he went back to college, so the Giants couldn't get him because we don't have to face him. <laughs> <laughs> God knows how many years in a row. Don't I mean? <laughs> yeah, because he's 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 got a, he's, he's got a lovely throw. He's a he's, he's going to be a great quarterback in this league for sure. Yeah, Herbert, yeah, for sure, for sure. He will. But as we say, let's let's have a discussion about our second cornerback and Anthony Brown. And I'm also <laughs> going to throw in Jordan Lewis in here because these two guys are taking up a nice chunk of the cap and their liability in my eyes. Yeah. Am, am I the only one that sees that, or is that a is that a common consensus? Brown did have a pass defended in the end zone, where yeah, it hit him in the did. where it hit him in the back. Now whether he meant yeah. or not to hit him in the back, the coverage he was did, there. He did look back. To be fair, I'll give him credit on that because you could see he did turn <clears throat> at one stage and just kind of covered. So it, that that was yeah. that was that was intended. I mean, in terms of wide receivers, the 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 Chargers are stacked at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen, Williams, Eckler had himself a, a a better passing game than he did rushing. Yeah. Um, but to your point, yeah, you can see why they they tried to address corner in the mm-hmm. in the draft. Um, we've yet to see any fruit from the. The second and third round selections, hopefully we will. Um, but yeah, you can see why they tried to adjust it. Like I mean, like DJ Dog's saying there, Kevin Joseph, who's currently on IR. Um, yeah, we need a little bit of help there. Yeah, the, I, I and yeah, yeah, the um, I just think this, I think their stock gaps. So the fact that you say that. Kelvin Joseph yeah. comes back, and also Nishon Wright gets kept, gets his feet firmly under him. Yeah. 
that that those two and and Diggs will be will be can will be see cornerbacks one, two, and three for the next mm. however many years. Yeah, I, I think yeah. the um, Anthony Brown and yeah, I, th- I think that is is over and done with. I just like I say I think it's just more the fact that these two guys are trying to get up to speed in the league and. I mean, and niggling injuries. Otherwise, they'd, they'd be in there. I don't think we'd see we, anybody else. Is there a case, though? I mean, I'm not necessarily necessarily agree, but is there a case, though, that we're being a little bit hard on the corners because our safeties always be, seem to be in the position to go and make the play? Is it a case mm. where the corners are are playing under, under coverage so that the safeties can... Be the ball hawk, be the defender. You know, like, are we getting our corners to to be in awkward positions so that it allows the safeties to go and play? Is there a case for that? Because I mean, we see we see the the impact that Kazee's had. Jaron Kers yeah. had a great game. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It just seems. I just want to explore the the conversation. For have always flourished in 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 a Dan Quinn system on the side. Just. Yeah, I, the, I get the, where you're you coming from. But I think yeah, for me the the cornerback positions be, be, been awful in terms of productions over the last few years on it. So this might be the kick up its ass it needs, and this is the opportunity. Like I say every, everyone's technically on a fresh slate out there because he's a new defensive coordinator. You know what I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to want to see what he gets, but mm, it's, I think it's <clears throat> I think what. What, what my bugbear is more than anything is the amount of separation wide receivers are getting. They're getting three, four, and five yards of separation from our corners behind. And I don't think Dan Quinn is telling the corners push up and ball hawk. So they shouldn't be allowing the, the, the opposing wide receivers to get that much space. And the thing is, in practice, these guys are going against Gallup, Cooper, and Lamb. They should know what to do. All three of those guys are great. They're great route runners, but they can also play and make separation. So these guys should not be giving up the amount of space they have. They do, and that's yeah. my issue with them. No, and, and this is probably the best way for them to, to learn. Like you say, that arguably. Yeah. You know, arguably the best the best trio in the NFL in terms of wide receivers. But yeah. look at just look at that through Cowboys history. I mean Michael Irving was one of the one of the best receivers at the time in the league. And he, he made his play in in practice helped improve the, the, the play at cornerback and at safety as well on the team. So you say so you play with players at that high caliber level. It's going to be all you wouldn't you would imagine that it would help to improve you, but we just sadly haven't seen it from some of these guys, yeah. Guys, just to I just want to kind of respond to a comment. Um, a Valencia, as far as I know, um, when Gallimore is due to come back, so it was reported on the 14th of August. They was going to be out between four and six weeks with the dislocated elbow. As far as I know, he's only he's only started resumed late training. So I would imagine at the very best, you're talking about maybe like three weeks time. So I don't know. It's hard to say, but 
I'm not too I sure. Think the plan with him, Paul, is that he's going to they're going to use the full eight games of the IR designation board, yeah, and just like that, allow him to come back up to speed mm. for for the back end of yeah. the season. But in terms in terms of actually the participating in practice and stuff like that, I yeah. think it's in a couple. I think it's in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Calvin Joseph was IR as only one IR as well. Yeah, yeah. But they, I think with the IR you can come off after five weeks now, yeah. is it, or is it three weeks with the with the new new rules under COVID and that kind of thing? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But just just to go back to the the short game, uh, the short defensive passing game. Um, mm. Austin Eckler nine targets, nine receptions. Now, to me, that suggests are they willing to let for that particular game plan? Were we, were they willing to let Eckler have the ball where he caught it and then make the play? Because the the only I mean for yeah. for the corners getting carved up for us talking about corners getting carved up, they only managed seventeen points. Mm. That's that, in, in in today's in today's game that is low. So I just think, was there a certain element of keep the Chargers where we wanted to keep them? Uh, because like I said before, safety's had a, an astonishing game. Eckler, yeah. nine catches for nine, nine receptions. Um, you know, did, did, did we contain them the way we wanted to contain? I know, there was, I know there was a lot of intermediate stuff, but yeah. were we giving them the intermediate stuff? And then pursuing the ball. It's I, I I think it's a good point, but I think the Chargers are not a high high powered offense. The Chargers are not going to put up 35, 40 points a game. And that's kind of what you have to prepare for. It's not teams that are scoring 20, 25 points. It's those teams at, you know, look at last night, 36, 35 had finished. You know, that's their if you want to win championships, they're the teams you have to be ready to face. And if we're going to play that short game where they're allowing that, that those seven to ten yard gains, we're going to get gassed eventually because they'll they'll just go right. It's time to just go dink and doink over the top, and we'll face better receivers, and better receivers will beat us. We're all checked out. Sorry, now I mean it's not it's not the worst it's not the worst defensive game I've ever seen. I just think that no, no. We're, we're kind of we're kind of trying to find the holes in a in a good defensive mm. performance. That's yeah. why I'm not particularly concerned. Yeah. Um, so we saw great play from the safety position. We stuffed yeah. the run. The stats yeah. the stats say that. Um yeah. You know, some every team's going to find a hole. I just think that mm. Chargers found a hole that wasn't big enough. Yeah. For instance, I, I think that we we did enough. We did enough defensively to to keep yeah. the Chargers at bay. Um, and if if you can get to the if if you can get to the last play of the game with the ball, not the last drive of the game with the ball, mm. that's that's a good performance from your defense. You've you've yeah. effectively. You put the offense in a position to go and win the game, and mm. that's exactly what happened. Yeah, and um, I think to be fair, maybe maybe I'm being overly critical, and we need to realize that this is Dan Quinn's sixth game with this defense. It's a defense which has had three coordinators in three years. 
So, you know, they do deserve a bit of credit and have a little bit of slack cut. No, I, for I, I don't. I don't think you're being overly critical. I mean, I, mm. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm trying not to get carried away. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What we're effectively doing is saying, how can the defense get better? Because yeah. by no means is this a polished, finished defense. This is not a top five defense we're talking about. Mm. Um, yeah. I just, I just think having this conversation, it's like, right, okay, that was good. How can we go and get better in week three? How can we, how can we reduce seventeen points to ten points, for instance? Um, yeah. But by no means <laughs> am I getting carried away. This is not a, a top five defense by any means. Just, yeah. Just, just to touch on your. Um... On Brian's comment about the the cornerbacks as well, um, just seeing a thing here that Diggs's interception was his fifth since twenty uh, since twenty twenty. The next closest yeah. player on the roster has two in that time frame. Yeah, I think I think uh, going on that, I think I saw I think I saw this um, prior to Sunday. He had four interceptions. And in Byron Jones' five seasons with Cowboys, he well, only had three. Do, do, do not bring know. up Byron Jones on this podcast. You know what? You know what happens, <laughs> boys. We're all don't ready to listen. Don't poke the bear, Brian. Don't poke the bear. Team to one day. We are. We are already looking at Byron mm. Jones two point I'm telling you, yeah. because we do not have the fifth year option with Trevon Diggs. We are going yeah. to have to pay digs at some point, or we're going to visit our top cornerback walking out the door all over again. Do you, do you know what though? Just kind of just to play double I've got there. Do you feel more at this position where they were both worried? Do you feel more confident paying digs and saying, do you know what? Let's buy the bullet. Let's pay him. Or would you still rather have paid Byron Jones because where digs is at the digs is at the minute and he's what in his. Not even through his second season. I'd, I'd rather throw the money at Diggs on how he's been playing than than how Jones was. I, I, I get. The, what... I think the problem is that I don't think teams realise how big of an asset Diggs is. That's why mm. he's being targeted. I mean, you saw. Yeah. I mean, Byron Jones's stats were rotten simply because yeah. nobody went anywhere near him. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But with like Diggs, he's coming up with all these interceptions. It's like, all right, so it turns out Trevon Diggs is actually quite good. You know, that kind of way. And I I wouldn't be surprised if Diggs' numbers fell simply because he he is a rock. We did. He's quite simply a rock. I think Diggs is still going to give up the odds. He's going to have the odd brain first. And he's going to give up a player too. And teams will teams will still play on him. I think by the end of the season, he will be that lockdown corner that Byron Jones was. And teams will start going, okay, we're not going to get change out of there. Or we're going to lose the ball to an interception. So we've got to go the other side. I mean, uh, do you admit, I mean, it's not too long ago. The, the Diggs interception, that was, that was covering Keenan Allen. And he took he took two incredibly quick steps, undercut yeah. the ball, but still had to dive for it and came up with it. Um, yeah, I mean Mike Evans does not give uh, Keenan Allen does not give up an interception easily, um, nope. and it was it was almost pinpoint from Herbert. It was just an exceptional play by Diggs. Mm. Incredible, yeah. something we've been screaming out for for a long time. It's just the numbers. It just that number doesn't look right on him. 
Give him a proper call. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, we've, unbelievably, we've gotten to nearly an hour and a half into the show, and we do, we do have lives, but... Obviously, we want to touch on special teams before before oh, we get yeah. out of here. And anyone who wants to take the comment that Fat Bones Fassel made at the weekend about the the rush uh, that uh, resulted in a, a an automatic first down, anyone take take it away. <laughs> I mean. Just, just, yeah. I'll keep going and allow the guys to gather your thoughts. I mean, John what the actual fuck? Yeah, to come out and say, I want to keep the people entertained. You know, that Dallas is built on taking risks. Come on, you don't run into the punter. What is wrong with you? I mean, we've got previous. It's got true. previous for doing wild things at special teams. It's not out of the blue. This, see, you, you, yeah. you think about we, it, it's not out of the blue. We, we can sit and say that, but we can also then sit there and say, Well, do you know what? At least it as wasn't the most calamitous play of the weekend. Because if anybody watched the Colts game, at least we don't block our snapper snapping the ball back. That's all I can say. <laughs> that was horrendous. I will say this. That that shit needs to be drilled in. That should be a fundamental. Has never touched the punter. Yeah, never. But what I will say is, as Greg Delay, there's people too. I know that, Jamie. I know that, Jamie. I know that. But what, but I, will, <laughs> what I will say is that Greg Delay has redeemed himself in that game. Yeah, well, he has. That was a, that was a clutch kick. Yeah, it was clutch, yeah. very clutch. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, it's it's a lot easier to go in to go into the kick knowing that if you miss, you haven't cautious your team to win. But yeah, to go and win the game in that situation was clutch. Uh, but to Paul's point, I mean, did you guys pick up on the amount of running into the kicker penalties there were? I mean, see, the amount of, the amount of replays I saw from the weekend of guys flying with their hands up in the air and their shoulders or their helmet are coming down on top of the, the, the kicker's shins and you're thinking, guys, it's not worth it. It's not yeah. worth it. It's highly unlikely you're, you're going to get to the ball, but you just caused your, you've just um, given up a first down. I find dogs. Just, I, I find dogs just made that made the comment of the night. I think that, that is absolute spot on. <laughs> Yeah, he's he. Um, I'd love to know how many times Mike McCarthy has uh, denied his request, shall we say? Uh, because obviously he's coming up with these ideas, to, you know, to, to to cause a bit of spark and to turn the game. And yeah. uh, I think I would take the under on them coming off by <laughs> a long shot. Mate, mate, uh, don't get me don't get me wrong. When Bones pulls it off, it's freaking amazing. For example, the yeah. Atlanta game, the 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 thing we the, the watermelon the, kick with the watermelon kick. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but with this stuff, when you're fourth and twenty, and you cause that stuff, I mean that is that should be common sense. Should play in the factors. I like, don't risk that. Like, mm. man, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. 
it's like we can do the things when we're actually put like when we're put ourselves back against the wall and we need to make these special teams moves i'm all for it but when we're in a controlled state when when we don't need to do that it's like oh, come on just do, do you know I, a, a, a win is a a win sometimes can be a funny and a fickle thing can it because if we were sat here now 0 and 2 we'd be pulling his hair out we'd be screaming we'd <laughs> we get a win and we can like we're like you know what yeah it, um, it was it was shitty but we, we, we can take it because we won <laughs> let's let's not forget the chargers were three point favorites to win that game so we won a game that we were not expected to win yep that's right so i mean i think that that that's a great place to be on a victory poll on tuesday listen a win's a win a win's a win right now exactly like, so go on paul i was just gonna say a win's a win yeah ne- next week's the the big one this is the one yeah. where we, we need our offense and defense to be spot on we cannot afford a divisional rival to set the tempo of how the season's gonna go ahead so yeah. Mm. I mean, we, we kind of saw. I mean, we, we saw. Uh, well, th- this is going to be a dig at Washington, but for them to post that social media stuff against the Giants was absolutely. Come on, guys! It's week two. Like, yeah. But if that was our, if that was our if that was our social media team, they, we would have grilled for that. You know what yeah, I mean? But but this game against the Eagles, we need everyone to really step up and actually put a statement against philadelphia because they've got their new quarterback they're trying to rediscover how their franchise is going to go forward they've got their new style wide out wide out um well at the, well they've got the two first they've got two first round wide receivers they've got raider and they've got the other guy that they just drafted this year yeah so we need to make sure that our corners are ready for that Keep that quarterback in the pocket. Yeah. Laps it from the middle. Don't let him get outside. Yeah. This is where I'll talk a bit more on Thursday. Yeah. Before before we get out of here, just uh, as always, we love, love to give a shout out to our fellow content creators there. The Cowboys own media team and then all of our content creators. So the likes of Marcus, Brandon, Jay Talk. Mm-hmm. And all of the other guys there, there, there's too many of them to read out. But as always, give them a follow. Give, check out what they're doing on social media. It's it's great to interact with those people. That they 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 give us all the time they can. So make sure and follow them back. You will not be disappointed. Yeah, brilliant um, guy. Every one of them. Paul, before before we go, we'll get you to give Barry another shout out absolutely so guys if you are planning going to a dallas cowboys game this year now that uh, if you're especially if you're from the uk you can now travel from november onwards be sure to go and check out cowboysexperience.com for the ultimate meet and greet tailgating and game day package experiences where you get to meet former dallas cowboy players former cheerleaders and the chance to win so many prizes within the meet and greets and meet some cowboys legends like like drew pearson and many more so but to and get a part of that be sure to use the code uk cowboys because if you use the code with you uh, 
if you use the code, you will get free stuff. That's it. Before we do go, DJ Dog topped himself with this comment. Mm. Yeah, please buy. Yeah, means taking them off defensive end. Yeah, but yeah. Mm -hmm. I like, I like it. it. So as as always, folks, Mike and the guys will be here on Thursday night at nine o'clock UK time, four on the East Coast, three in Texas, and one in California. Yeah. Uh, make sure and tune in for that. Um, guys, anything to say before we sign off? Go Cowboys. Let's beat, beat, beat Philadelphia. That's all I'm saying. Beat Philadelphia, no matter what. Peace out. Have a safe rest of the week. And we're all in the game. See you next time. And we'll see you on Thursday, folks. Good night. Night. <laughs>